0: Well, you've got barking dogs and I've got construction, so we'll see how that works out for us. Hello. Hi. How are you?
1: Good. How are you guys?
0: No complaints. Good. Pretty great. Pretty great. Well, we are very happy to be talking to you today and thank you for taking time out of your schedule to, to be here with us.
2: Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat
0: fantastic well it is very much our pleasure especially after seeing uh the teen wolf movie so we we were luckily we were at the premiere and we saw the film and we were like well who do we have to talk to we were like okay well amy workman we need to talk to all these people so awesome awesome well well, fantastic and uh thank you again for being here um i'm will wallace and these are my fantastic uh co-hosts kate colvin and calissa mullis
2: Nice to meet you guys. Hi.
3: Fantastic to meet you.
2: Calissa, I love your hair, by the way. That's a very cool. Thank color.
3: you. I just did it last night. Oh happy. Yeah. <laughs> it
0: looks wonderful. Every time we get on to record something, it's a different color. And <laughs> I have to ask myself if I'm crazy or if my entire is
3: goal is color. to make Will think he's crazy.
0: Eight just years gaslight. of friendship. Uh mm-hmm. yep. well done. Well done. <laughs> so there we go. Long con. Yes, long con. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, um. So on Instagram, I saw you dressed as Azula from Avatar: The Last Airbender, which is a perfect show, and there's no fighting anyone on that. How did you get into cosplaying? Uh,
2: well, I had always been super into Halloween as a kid. I always liked to make these like overly elaborate costumes, and I've been, you know, I like to work with my hands and get really like crafty with stuff, um, and I. Did, I don't think I realized cosplay was really like an option um, and then I moved to Los Angeles where there's like conventions all the time and like Comic Con and everything. Um, I saw Avatar The Last Airbender while I was there and I was like I need to be Azula just all the time anytime. I'm like I'm gonna be Azula for Halloween next year and then I realized that it doesn't have to be Halloween and I can just do that whenever I want. Um, and it just kind of snowballed from there. But Azula was actually like the very first cosplay that I made, so it's really funny that you bring that one up specifically.
0: That is wow. that is awesome. That is fantastic, and it was a wonderful costume. Quickly, because this is not an Avatar podcast. But what? <laughs> why? Why Azula? Because she is. A villain and all that, but of course, yeah. villains are fun, I guess. But why? Uh, why is good Zula?
3: villain though?
2: Yes. Like she's absolutely unhinged at the end, but the arc of her like going insane is so good, and she's powerful and has like the best one-liners. I I think she's just rad. Plus, her costume is just cool, and I like a cool suit.
0: <laughs> fantastic,
2: fantastic.
1: How did you get into acting?
2: I, you know what, I'm the second child in my family, and I was always one of those kids who's like, whatever my older sister is doing, I also need to be doing, so (laughs) she got into community theater, and then I was like, I need to get into theater now, Um, (laughs) and then I think at a certain point, I wanted to be a director or an editor, and my mom was like, if you want to be a director, you need to know what it's like to be an actor, so that you can, you know, direct actors and know what it's like on the other side of the camera, and so she, like, forced me to go to this, like, open call audition thing for an acting showcase, um, and I did it, I fell in love with it. And, you know, that's the showcase manager, and she, you know, set me on this whole path of, and so I really just fell into it accidentally, but I think a large part of it is just because I copied whatever my older sister was doing.
0: <laughs> Good enough fair enough for me. But yeah, fair <laughs> enough. So then how did Teen Wolf come into your life?
2: I didn't super follow the show when it was on, but I did know it was this huge thing. Um, It was actually a really fast, really sudden process uh, being cast in, in the movie. I, I got the audition email and it was like Teen Wolf, the movie. And I was like, didn't Teen Wolf end like five years ago? Are they still doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like, rapidly Googled it and I was like, oh, Teen Wolf is making a movie. Okay, cool. I have to be in it. Um, I did the audition. I I did not a callback, but a second audition where I just sent in another tape. okay um, And this was in the span of like a week, I think maybe two and got the call. I was living in New Zealand at the time and got the call. Hmm. They were like. We want you to be in the Teen Wolf movie. We're going to be shooting in Los Angeles. Can you make it back to LA in time for that? And I was like, if you listen, if you're giving me a job, I will come to whatever country you need me in. So, <laughs> um, in this, I think it was the span of like three weeks between oh, wow. auditioning and being in Los Angeles to shoot the movie. So it was wow. it was crazy whirlwind.
3: That's
0: fantastic. That is yeah. I think yeah. that's fantastic.
3: Vince Mattis told us that like the day after they confirmed he got the role, he had to get on a plane.
2: Yes, yeah, he got <laughs> cast even later than I did. Because I remember talking to him when we were doing the screen tests and he was like, oh yeah, they just cast me like two days ago. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> sweet man, he's
3: fantastic. Yeah, He was lovely to talk to. Yeah, we had a great time with him. Yeah. Awesome. So what were your first impressions of your other cast members? Uh, mostly just terror, fear, and <laughs> in <laughs> Uh, no
2: uh, I I actually made a really terrible first impression on Tyler Posey because he was the first person I saw on set and I parked in the wrong place and then the base camp PA was like actually we have like parking spots for you up here so I got back in my car and went through base camp to park where I thought she told me to park it was the wrong place and so she was like you actually—that's not where you're supposed to park. And Tyler Posey is watching this entire thing. <laughs> I like park in the wrong place again, and she's like, that's not where you need to go." So I'm like, tr- tr- slowly making my way through the soundstage parking lot, and Tyler Posey is like directing me like an airplane, <laughs> for, like the, the parking spots that you're allowed in. And that was the first impression I made of anyone on set um but no everybody is really the sweetest and I think it's such a common thing in tv that like first on the call sheet sets the tone right and that's absolutely true because Tyler Posey is such a joy to work with and he makes everybody feel so welcome um and and everyone on set is so professional in that you know they've been working on the set and with each other for so many years that Mm -hmm. it flows really naturally and they're really good at making sure that everybody who's new understands what's going on. Um, and obviously Dylan Sprayberry, who plays Liam, so we're love interests in the film, was really welcoming to me, especially because we had so many scenes together and we were like, we have to get along if this is going to work. <laughs> there
0: you go. Very nice. It's good to hear. Yeah.
1: So you said you didn't watch the show before you got that email. How much did you know about Teen Wolf before you were in it?
2: peripherally a fair amount because I grew up in fandom spaces and Teen Wolf is all over Tumblr so I (laughs) ended up online (laughs) um but also like I had done acting classes and one of the fairly common things in acting classes is for your teacher to be like go and watch a show that is like your typecast and acting style and something that you might be fairly likely to audition for and study that acting style so you can kind of like ingrain that and what it might be like into your acting and your body and everything and I had watched multiple scenes from Teen Wolf being like this is a show that is you know kind of in my wheelhouse that's something I might go out for um and like studied everybody's acting which is really funny because now they're my coworkers and I act with them so I guess <laughs> I was right I, yeah like,
3: clearly yeah, you know, clearly you
2: know, correct <laughs> that's
0: so cool yeah no that's that's so awesome
2: Full full
3: circle moment, really cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So Teen Wolf fans can be really passionate, as you said. It's all over Tumblr. uh have you had any fun uh fan encounters you'd like to share with us? I I have a really a funny one. It's
2: well, first of all, at New York Comic Con, they figured out what hotel we were staying at, and so oh, yeah. it was like such a surreal moment to walk out of the hotel and have everyone there. It was, it was very surreal to walk out of the hotel and have everyone there like asking for photos. But one of my, one of my favorite ones, which is just funny to me, is when the news dropped that Hikari was Liam's, you know, love interest or or girlfriend in the movie, uh, the Theom shippers were not (laughs) too pleased. You know, Theo and Liam is a very popular ship and I fully support shipping who you want to ship and liking (laughs) certain pairings. But I think a lot of people don't understand that as actors, we don't control that. And we just put it on the page. So it was really, really funny because I got a lot of DMs of people being like, you've broken my heart. Theom is dead. How could you do this to the fans? Oh. And one person oh. sent me like 12 fan edits of like Theo and Liam together, like different video edits. And then a picture of Nick Fury and then a message that's oh, the wrong picture. And then like four more Theo <laughs> video edits. <laughs>
0: okay all right <laughs> it's amazing
2: and then they come back and they're like you've broken my heart the fans are distraught you've ruined Thea um which I understand being upset that your ship isn't canon but the Nick theory in the middle of
3: all this <laughs> <That's not really laughs> of
1: <laughs> when you said that I totally thought it was gonna be like the meme where he says I recognize that the council's made a decision but given that it's oh, a stupid ass ex- decision yeah, i am going to too. ignore it and I was <laughs> that
2: like... would have been funny I love it's funnier to me that it was an accident that's even better
0: No, it's so great that you're just getting I'm mad at you I'm so mad at you I'm so sorry I sent you that picture but I am still mad at you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's wonderful That's wonderful the
1: middle. <laughs>
0: Just one. I know that
1: uh, when when the Veronica Mars movie was happening, um, the guy who played Veronica's boyfriend after the one that everyone wanted her to be with, he just started wearing Logan Veronica T-shirts to every fan event. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it might have actually helped. So that's a great uh, idea. That's (laughs) that's my pitch. That's my uh, fandom pro tip for you. If you want to (laughs) just. Maybe I should we'll just, just wear a mask of his face. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We'll just we as the podcast will send that to you and Absolutely. you'll be covered Done. for all yeah. future fan events. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> At <you>. the very <laughs> least,
0: a shirt that just says theme for life. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh how did you get into martial arts?
2: Oh, um, well, I'm i a little bit trained in wushu, but mm-hmm. I think you might be thinking of like the screen combat that mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Um Which is uh, more just training for, like, being in movies specifically. Okay. Um, That was always something, I I grew up as, like, a dancer, I was a rhythmic gymnast, um, but I always loved watching the behind the scenes in movies, and I was always fascinated when they were filming stunt scenes and doing the wire work and the combat and everything. Um, So there was a period of time where I was like, I would rather be a stunt person than an actor, um, and I got into stage combat, working with swords a lot. I realized I loved doing swords. Um, and then at, during the time where I was living in New Zealand, I found a really good screen combat school that I love. So um, started training a lot with like medieval weaponry shields and katanas and broadswords and everything. Uh, And it just really worked out that, you know, Hikari has a katana in the movie. So I got to use some of those skills. Um, But I do think that the small amount of wushu training that I had, which is the martial arts that I did, uh, definitely helps with that just in terms of technique and coordination. But I would say I'm better with swords than proper martial arts.
0: (laughs) Nice. Still very cool. Yeah, that's that's really, really awesome. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Do you have any fun memories from the set that you'd like to share? So many. I have to think of which one's
2: the, the funnest to share. Oh, okay. The stunt team on Teen Wolf the movie. Do you guys know those like hoverboards, but it's just like one big wheel and mm-hmm. then the feet go on either side of it? Mm-hmm. So, like for some reason, every member of the stunt team had one of those. And when we were filming that big final battle scene in the Nogitsu world, illusion world, it we were out in this like big open field with really tall grass. Um, and we were doing night shoots, so it's like 4 a.m but all of the stunt guys are dressed as the Oni and all of them have those hoverboard things and they would ride it through the field and the grass was so tall that you couldn't see the hoverboard. So it would just be like a herd of like six Oni, just like drifting through the field (laughs) at 4 a.m. And it's like so foggy and everyone is so sleep deprived. It was like hallucinating. They just like slide through the grass (laughs) like a group at a time.
3: That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. That is awesome.
2: Wild visual. I thought that I had like <laughs> fallen
1: asleep and was imagining it.
0: <laughs> Fantastic.
1: So because there's so much story packed into the Teen Wolf movie, we don't get a lot of time for exposition and backstory, which is especially difficult when it comes to a new character like Hikari. Did you discuss the character with Jeff at all? Or did you have any personal theories about her backstory before the events of the movie? Yeah, definitely. I I had a lot of questions.
2: Um, Obviously as you know, a new character, I want to know as much as I can before I get into it. Um, I didn't get to talk to Jeff so much. I think I I got to ask him one question. I caught him at a good moment, um, which was to me that one of the most important ones. And I got to ask him what kind of Kitsune Hikari was um, because I don't think that was decided when we first started shooting. Um, And we I sort of got to chat to him about it and we decide together that Hikari is a fire kitsune um but in terms of backstory it was mostly me talking to the other actors and coming up with backstory myself um I think there was one line in the script that didn't make it into the film but there's a line where Hikari says like I've dealt with a no kitsune before and that to me was so interesting and so juicy because she's not new to this stuff you know she's Maybe new to Beacon Hills, but she has been a Kitsune her whole life, and clearly she knows about it and can mm-hmm. control it. Um, so I really like the idea that she comes from mm-hmm. this like long lineage of Kitsune who you know maybe are charged with protecting their part of the world from evil forces like the Nagitsune. Um, oh, also her name Hikari Zhang is a Japanese first name, Chinese last name, which is not a mistake. That's intentional because Hikari is part Chinese um so a lot of us on set were just like talking you know and trying to flesh things out and i believe what we like to theorize is that her dad is chinese her mom is a kitsune um and pretty much everyone in her family has been a kitsune and then we like made up this brother that she has who's like the first one in their family who's not a kitsune and he's like bitter about it <laughs> it's not relevant to the movie at all but it helps me to like know this sort of family dynamic that she comes from that makes sense
3: yeah absolutely it does yeah i love yeah. to hear actors like <laughs> backstories on their characters that we don't get on screen i think that's yeah really really cool it's, well, no,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah now i'm imagining uh hikari having a younger brother who's like she's a kitsune i'm gonna be a kitsune yeah
2: yeah we were like he's younger and he's like angry all the time because he
3: doesn't have power <laughs> oh. that's it I like that that's yeah it. me too that would be I a lot of fun <laughs> yeah
0: I would love to see that
3: so you mentioned a line that didn't make it into the final um that didn't make it into the final film or any other like scenes that you shot that you didn't see in the final version of the film
2: um, I don't think any of my full scenes got cut, but there were definitely lines in every scene that didn't quite make it in. One of my favorites was um, as Liam and Hikari leave the police station, Lydia said, if you go out there in the night in, alone, then the Oni are going to find you first. And Liam has this line, which was, then they're going to find a werewolf and a kitsune ready for a fight. And I oh, loved that line It's so a good one. Much. That's a really good yeah. one. Yeah, didn't
3: really it didn't make it in,
2: but, but I was a big fan. Also, yeah. there's a stunt um, there was like a fight scene with me and Shelly Hennig and Dylan Sprayberry that was like so cool and it was my idea I like asked them to oh. let me do this stunt um, and it was so fun but it didn't make it in the movie oh. but it's oh. like in that final battle scene where we're all fighting with Nogitsune Shelly like slides my sword across the ground and I like do a front walk over flip and like pick it up and then kill the guy that she's been fighting. And in the back, Dylan Sprayberry is like tackling an Oni to the ground. It
1: was such a cool shot. I'm so sad I didn't get to see it. Oh, that,
3: that sounds, sounds awesome. Really,
1: yeah, really, really cool. Yeah. I wonder if they'll ever release any of the stuff that's been cut. That would be really cool. That
0: would be really no. awesome.
1: I gotta ask them I gotta go and
2: beg like can I please yeah. have the footage just for me yeah oh, I, I bet you could
0: totally if you just talk to Ed Abrams or Greg kusamano the editors they'll they'll send you a, a Dropbox file or something like here's your shot so yeah, <laughs> yeah totally they're great guys
3: I'll track it down
1: yeah that <laughs> sounds amazing yeah it does
3: uh so you know you talked about talking with other actors about backstories. Did you and Dylan Sprayberry talk about how you thought that Liam and Hikari came to be together?
2: We did. Um, we talked about that a lot, actually. I, I, We like the idea that they did not like each other at first and they were like forced to work together. Um, and tying in with Hikari's whole, you know, kitsune lineage and protecting her people from forces like the Nagitsune, um, we really like the idea that Liam came to Japan with the Nagitsune jar, um, being tasked with protecting it and making sure no one gets their hands on it. And Hikari's family was like, who is this white man who is <laughs> protecting this Japanese spirit? We know about this, we are kitsune, so we should be the ones protecting it. And that Liam and Hikari were kind of forced to work together to, you know, make sure that it didn't fall into the wrong hands. Um, and, you know, ended up, spending a lot of time together and just slowly growing to like each other and hating to admit it um slowly falling in love and and the whole ramen shop we we think is maybe like Hikari's family's ramen shop that they inherited um to use as a front for you know protecting the jar and having all their their people their fighter people around and close by
3: oh I love that I'd love to watch a whole like prequel rom-com supernatural
1: rom-com oh my gosh it's like everything I want
0: <laughs> that would be yeah, awesome oh
1: my god it would be so fun to have a rom-com that just also has fight scenes and nice. wire work and like flips <laughs> and stuff like two characters having an argument and then someone comes in and they have to quickly fight the person and then immediately just resume the argument it's yeah, right. exactly. that's like my <laughs> it's so good yeah it's
0: uh <laughs> it's when harry met sally through the eyes of yun wu ping and yes. uh that would be that would be fantastic i would watch the shit out of that so, oh yeah
1: the yeah. the whole enemies to yeah. friends to lovers trajectory is a classic in the fanfic world for a reason yes Absolutely. indeed
0: <laughs> indeed <laughs> so uh in the Teen Wolf movie your kitsune acts as a suit of armor for your character if there is ever another movie uh and Hikari plays a role in it is there any other kind of ability you'd like to see your character exhibit
2: I would really love to lean into the fox fire thing because um as we know now Hikari is the fire kitsune but I I didn't really get to set anything on fire in this movie and i went to set things on fire Um, (laughs) but i also love the japanese folklore side of kitsune where um there there's this thing about like owing people debts and always repaying a favor and i think it would be really cool if you know maybe there was a situation where somebody saved Takari's life or you know did her a favor and This this like ingrained sort of kitsune nature that now she has to pay them back. Even if she doesn't like them, even if she doesn't want to be around them, she now owes them her life and needs to, you know, save them in return or do something equally as powerful in return. I think that's always just an interesting thing to play with, with supernatural creatures who are kind of like, bound by these moral contracts. And I think that would be really fun as an actor as well.
0: That sounds like Like a a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I would, like it was just imagining like, you know, like you- the, 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 the person who saved your life has come and has pleaded for your help. And you're like, no, I hate you. And they leave. And then it's like your kitsune just kind of comes out of you. And it's like, you're having this argument back and forth where the kitsune is like, we got to go. And you're like, no. And it's kind of like dragging you, you know, y'all are like fighting each other because the kitsune has this Uh, sense of duty and all that. Yeah, no, that'd be fun that would absolutely It's like trying to lean home.
1: out of the suit of armor like Right, well. exactly. Yeah, like <laughs> try to <laughs> limp noodle it. <laughs>
0: exactly. And then he just cut to Liam and he's watching this like from the other side of the room he's just like what is happening? He's eating here? ramen like, <laughs> he's just
1: like what are you doing?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> Plus pyrokinesis.
0: Plus so, pyrokinesis. So yes.
1: Firebending. Firebending, yes.
0: Fire be awesome. bending. <laughs> Fire <bending>. yes.
3: <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to see happen with Hikari in any future film or spin-off?
2: I, I would love to see more of Hikari um, and Liam because you know, we, we established a relationship for them, but we didn't get to do a whole lot of what their dynamic would actually be like. Mm-hmm. Um, and by proxy, would also love to do just Hikari with a lot of the other characters because you know, there's so many people in the movie that there are a lot of people I didn't get to interact with a ton
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, And so I think just like for me, building characters and relationships is one of the most fun parts, and I would love to get a chance to do that.
3: yeah actually my next question was going to be were there any characters or actors you wish you could have had more scenes with in the film
2: oh yeah absolutely Um, first one that comes to mind is Shelly Hennig because I feel like Hikari and Malia are kind of two sides of the same coin in a way I think they're very they're both quite blunt Mm -hmm. but Hikari in a very diplomatic way and Malia in a very lacking social skills way Uh, (laughs) uh, and Shelly is just such a cool person to work with And, you know, like I said, we had that stunt that got cut, but we, we had some cool moments briefly in our characters that I think would have been really cool to build on. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, Kylan Rambo would love to do more scenes with him because I just love him as a person. And I think because Mason is Liam's best friend, it would make sense for Mason and Hikari to know each other. Um, And then Colton Haynes, because at some point in filming, I decided that Hikari is not a fan of Jackson and he... (laughs) Be an absolute asshole in some of our scenes, Jackson, <laughs> not Colton. Um, and I think it's just really fun to play a character who's like so done with the other people in the
3: room. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. I'd love yeah. to see that in another film.
0: Yeah, Jackson it's makes that very easy.
3: To, yes. to not yeah. like
0: him, he's yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> that dynamic would be fun. In the, in the the one scene in the sheriff's office where he's like, okay, so can we just like kill Benagitsune? Like I have claws and fangs. And Hikari is like, you cannot kill It's You can't kill it. You just
1: can't. And it was, that was one of my favorite ones. Nice. <laughs> just to be so annoyed. Yes. Yeah. Her patiently explaining, but maybe without the patiently part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you have a favorite scene to film or a scene that you found particularly challenging to film yeah um my favorite scene to film was the fight scene that
2: Liam and Hikari have against the Oni um which actually wasn't in the original script I found out partway through filming that was added um and I talked to Jeff and he was like somebody I don't know if it was Jeff somebody told me that they had seen how well Dylan and I worked together and added that scene in so that you know we could get into our dynamic more and do some more fun fighting which I was really grateful for Um, especially because I just love fighting. So I liked getting to do all of the sword work in that. Um, But the most challenging scene to film was one of the first scenes, both in the movie and one of the first scenes that we filmed, which is where I run out into the alleyway and get shot and then I fall on the ground. And, you know, Adam is picking up the nookitsune jar and all of that and Liam's dying in the background. (laughs) Um, But we filmed that at like 2 a.m. in like March in Atlanta so it was freezing cold and then all the movie rain obviously because in I I don't know if you guys know this but when you're filming a rain scene the droplets have to be way bigger than they are in real life so that they show up on camera Mm -hmm. so there's like huge drops of movie rain just like bucketing down and the spot where I fall on the ground was like a little divot so it was like a little puddle and all the rain was just collecting in that So as I'm like lying on the ground, crawling, trying to stop him from freeing the Nagitsune, I'm lying in like a two inch puddle of water. And then at the end of the scene, when I like collapse in the water, my face is like submerged and I was like holding my breath. So I didn't drown in a puddle on the (laughs) soundstage. Oh oh, no. (laughs) Sound miserable. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was like the second scene I filmed and they were like, just go for it. Throw me in the deep end.
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That's the Teen Wolf way so yeah, that's absolutely. the Teen Wolf way but it, <laughs> it looked amazing uh, Russell absolutely. and Dave shot the shit out of that scene and it was absolutely just incredible it just looked incredible that the whole scene with y'all it looked
2: fantastic and the lighting was so pretty as well yeah,
0: yeah. Russell
3: loves his fake rain
0: he does, yeah, he does. <laughs> if anyone's going to advocate for rain it's going to be Russell he's like let's just get a water truck it's fine it's fine just get a pump truck so yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> actually, just
0: throw some in there. yep that's how how russell likes to do it so uh would you be interested in returning to the world of beacon hills if there were another movie or perhaps a tv spinoff
3: absolutely
2: oh my gosh i feel like i've just begun to scratch the surface of hikari and how i fit in beacon hills i would love to get into that more Fantastic. a lot of us on set actually ideas back and forth and be like what would it look like if this character had a spin-off and what would this show look like so there's there's creativity in the air we're all theorizing
3: <laughs> I heard yeah we were told by uh Vince told us that Tyler Posey wrote a draft for a second film
2: he did yeah that was actually a really fun time too that was when we were filming the like end scene of the movie and Tyler rented us a, an Airbnb that was really close to set. And so I think it was me, Vince, Dylan, and Tyler were all staying at this Airbnb together. Tyler was working on a draft for the second movie. And then Dylan and I were like writing this hypothetical spin-off show, mostly just for the fun of it, I think, just to, you know, really explore but it was a really fun time because Tyler would be writing and then me and Dylan are writing and we're all sort of reading out scenes to each other and bouncing ideas off and Tyler read us a scene that would have been a Liam and Hikari scene and it was really really fun and it was also really interesting because he incorporated things into his scene that Dylan and I had talked about in Liam and Hikari's backstory but had not talked to Tyler about so he had like the same idea as we did, but we ha- hadn't talked to each other about it at all, which is really funny and I think shows a really great understanding of, you know, everybody's dynamics and everything. It's really cool.
0: Absolutely.
3: Yeah, yeah. That great sounds, minds. yeah, that sounds incredible. That workspace right. that you guys are yeah, all working on. That. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what is your dream role?
2: Oh, I actually do have an answer for this. I don't have to think about this at all. Uh, <laughs> there is a book series that I read growing up called the Lunar Chronicles. And it was the first book series that I had read or movie or TV show or anything. The first thing I'd seen where the lead character was a mixed Asian girl. Um, And when I started acting, a big part of the reason for that was because I was like, if this book series ever gets made into a movie, I have to play this character. Like I need to um so my dream role would be lynn cinder from the lunar chronicles because that's kind of been my goal since day one. <laughs> wow.
3: that's
0: awesome that's yeah. fantastic fantastic really cool have story. you and
2: i think somebody has the rights to it i don't know who but there are movie rights out there <laughs> oh
0: no, i'm sure some everybody's got the rights to everything if anything pops yeah. up they're like "Ooh, original ip no i was no, gonna no, say gotta somebody's
1: gotta send them your your Headshot or something yeah, exactly. so they know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There you go. <laughs> I met her once at like an event. So I'm like, nice. No, no,
0: no. Very nice. <laughs> have you uh have you read The Poppy War?
2: No, what's that?
0: It's a uh it's a fantasy series set in a world that's based off Chinese history, and uh and it's about a, a young woman kind of going to like from rooster province you know kind of like the south of of this version of china nikon and uh and she's going to this military academy It's her rising up through the ranks and and all that it's supposed to be a fantastic uh a fantastic series and i think they're going to do a tv show about it so you should you should send your agents an email and be like what's going on with the poppy war i need to i need to be on that because it's really good so far about halfway through the first book and i love it
2: i will definitely throw it up the poppy war
0: yeah the poppy war making a note (laughs) awesome fantastic well uh are there any upcoming projects you can tell us about
2: yeah I've got a couple coming out this year um one of the ones I'm most excited about is called crown and blade it is a uh medieval low fantasy action romance short film that I did um but it's with like it was made almost completely by stunt people and like combat people so the action scenes are really solid um I personally think the romance is really good as well I'm a little biased because I am in it and I'm doing the romance but (laughs) I like a good romance and I love a good like medieval low fantasy vibe so I'm really excited for that I think that's coming out sometime in March or April um And then I've got a pilot coming out called Asian Eight, which is coming out sometime in March. Um, It will be on the Pan-Asian Screen Collective website, I believe. It's hosted in New Zealand, so okay. international. <laughs>
0: nice. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, all of that sounds amazing, especially... Uh, medieval romance, uh, low fantasy, all—all uh, all those words. I'm into all of those words, especially in that particular <laughs> stew right there. So, um, yes, definitely be checking, be checking that out. So that's that's fantastic. Um, well, Amy, thank you so much for joining us yes. today. This has been yes. wonderful.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, thank we've so loved chatting
3: having. with
2: you. So fun. Yes, I love no. I love all the stories and things. I don't get to tell a lot of people. <laughs>
0: Well, that's what we're here for, because we we Absolutely. love all of that, yeah. and we love everyone involved with Teen Wolf, a show and now a movie that we all have a great history with and a great love for. So it's it's just always wonderful meeting people who who also love it, but who got to work on it, and that's why we have this whole podcast is because yeah. yep. something we love very much. So
3: awesome. and we hope that there's another installment, and we get yes. to see yes. more of the card. Yes, Hopefully. learn more about her story absolutely
0: (laughs) especially the rom-com the the wire work rom-com prequel set (laughs) in the ramen shop my god that would just be incredible so
1: set only in the ramen shop there's one location exactly (laughs) it's exactly it's a bottle it's it's a bottle narrative it's a bottle
0: (laughs) narrative but with wire work and romance so fantastic i love it awesome well thank you so much for joining us today and uh we are very excited for everything you have coming up and we can't wait to see what is next for you
2: thank you so much have a good one awesome you have a great
0: day and we'll talk to you soon okay
2: all right Bye. Bye. bye bye